Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Rosalind Palmer on the line. Rosalind, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you today or this morning? For you? <laughs> it's morning, afternoon, evenings. And whenever someone's listening to this, it could be a completely different time zone and time. Good day. That, that, that's usually yeah. how I introduce people now is just, just good day. I, I have no idea when you're going to open this or listen to this. So good day, everybody. And great to have you on the show. Um, I, love your, I love your backstory and I love the work that you do. So tell the audience a little bit about um, your journey and and we're obviously going to talk about burnout a little bit, but you know what, you know, how you've been able to navigate through life and now live you know, your ideal life. I like to refer to myself as the accidental therapist. I, if you'd have asked me 10 years ago, I was going to be a transformational therapist and coach. I might have had a vague idea that that was something kind of interesting, but I, I wouldn't have thought that I'd be really in that territory. So my, my background was humble beginnings, grocer's daughter, lived above the shop, but the little A-lister, the little super driven, I'm going to make my parents really proud, um, failure is not an option, <laughs> little girl who became the first member of her entire family, both sides, to ever go to university. So broke away from a very working class background. My father's parents had the shop before him. They lived above it. My mother's mother worked in a mill in, in the north. Um, you know, came from very poor, humble backgrounds. And I was the one who was going to change, break the mold. And I did. I ended up going to London. I ended up going to university. I ended up falling into the fledgling industry of public relations, not knowing at all what it was. I remember going for an interview going, it's PR. What is it? <laughs> and they were going, oh, well, you have to write press releases and talk to celebrities and radio stations. I was like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. So I, I went through 20 years in London of creating one of the most successful PR agencies in, in the UK and winning lots of awards and getting all the accolades. Um, the big house, the driver, the nanny uh, and the burnout. And then I thought I'd retired at 40, lived in the Bahamas, my whole life imploded, everything in an 18-month period that I identified with or owned, including my health, my mother's health, my father's health, my marriage, my finances, everything went. And I ended up having to come back to England, a single unemployed mother, and effectively reinvent myself. And I've done that several times over with other journeys along the way, including being head of marketing for an international charity for some of the world's most marginalized people. But about six years ago, when I was just going through a second divorce, and my father had died, and the menopause had hit me like a freight train, I got an invite in my inbox from Marissa Peer to train on her very first intake of therapists for the new course of rapid transformational therapy. And now here I am. <laughs> and what I find is I, I work incredibly well because I had a lot of transferable skills. 
you know, you can't be in PR and marketing and not understand human insights and behavior and have rapport with people, etc. But boy, had I been broken. And so um, I have really walked that path that a lot of my clients, I like to call them burnt out Barbara and Bob, you know, often very high performing business people who look like they've all got it going on. And behind the scenes, they are hanging on by their fingernails. And I like to refer to it as heading them off at the pass. You know, it's like they're going on the wagon to the crevice at the end of the cliff. And I know what it feels like to go over the cliff and I it's my absolute life's work now to head them off at the pass and to be able to work with them both in therapeutic and coaching ways to stop them going down that that place. I am so thankful that there's more people in the world like you that are trying to head people off at the past because we've seen it especially during this pandemic where the cases of burnout are increasing. And when the pandemic first started, you know, in the United States, you know, roughly the middle of March, and everybody started working remotely and mostly working from home because of isolation and quarantine and whatnot, my initial thought was people would take this time as a reset, which is a beautiful segue into your book, uh, but and we'll get there in a second, but take it as an opportunity to reset because the way things were working were not working. And I thought, okay, now we'll be able to have home life. You'll work on some things regarding your work and your job and start having a little bit more harmonious life. But what's happened is the exact opposite, where people traded in their commute times to work. You know, there was a study, NordVPN released it in the spring, where Americans on average are working 20% more hours than they did prior to the pandemic. And I, I joke about this a lot. I said, oh, wow, we finally found that 27-hour clock we've been looking for. Hallelujah, we've got it. But no, what happened was people just started trading their commute time, and they get up in the morning, and they start working, and they don't stop, and they don't have the breaks. They don't have the visual cues of, okay, I should get up and go to the washroom and take a break and then go out for lunch, and everybody just, just works. And for so many people, you know, they Congratulations, you're a full-time school teacher now because your kids are home, so you have to educate them too and work yeah. through the online school system. So it's really made things problematic. So the burnout has increased dramatically, and I'm, I'm sure you're seeing that as well. 100%. And, you know, it, it, I, I, I fell into some of it myself uh, at first in lockdown, and I did the great lockdown experiment, uh, which is I moved in with my boyfriend, which for somebody in my 50s and he's in his 60s, you know, it's like, look, if we're going to do this, let's do this. Um, and it actually worked out really well, apart from the fact that we were both very, very ill. So I think we possibly had it and we were not well for some time. In a way, that was good. It, it, I'm, I'm like, what's this telling me? <laughs> what, what is this telling me? It's telling me I need to really slow down and I have the luxury when I'm um, at the house I'm moving to with him that it's a small holding and we have sheep we have turkeys we have chickens we have dogs we have three acres I was so happy I, I was baking cakes I, I really allowed myself probably because I didn't feel very well to, to take that time and then I started doing exactly 
I started doing exactly that because people were wanting to book in. I felt like I was letting them down. Oh, I must get back on it. I'm also... I mean, goodness, I write about FOMO and JOMO, but I was like watching other people going, so I've now spent my last three weeks and developed my 97 on week course, you know, please join. And I'm like, oh, what have I been doing? What have I been doing? Get, get a move on. So I fell for that and I started to get, you know, caught up in that again. And luckily it didn't take me very long to kind of hold that mirror up and go, you are allowed to take time for yourself and you do not have to be ill to do that because that was my pattern previously. And as somebody who developed cancer, you know, I, I think, you know, I got the badge, you know, this is how ill you sometimes have to be to be able to say, no, no, I, I'm not, I don't have a to-do list today. And so I really held the mirror up to myself and thought, right, you need to walk your talk here. You've written a whole book and several things about it get that balance back. And so I did. I'm making that point that somebody who is so self-aware of these things, I nearly fell into that pattern, that I can see how difficult that is for other people. And you're absolutely right. Um, they have transferred their commute. People aren't listening to podcasts. At first, podcasts spiked because everybody was listening to them. Now, a lot of people are not listening. I'm, I'm sure your own because it's established, but a lot of the newer ones um, because they're not commuting. And that would be the time that they would be listening to it. So, you know, I'm very aware of all of these trends, but basically what it's telling me is people are afraid for their jobs, people are working harder than ever before, and this is not good for either their physical or mental well-being. It's been a really challenging time for so many people. And, and thank you for bringing to light that those of us that, are in counseling and we coach people are human and we also too can basically fall into the same traps and the same temptations and all of the shiny objects that my good colleague and friend Kim Sutton talks about and she's like watch out for shiny object syndrome or shiny object disease because we see it it's like oh they just launched an online course I've been wanting to do that I should do that what am I doing um, you're doing exactly what you should be doing is resting recovering getting because you were like you said you were ill and that fear of missing out, yeah, it's funny. I can actually hear people when they pitch me. You know, we get it in the emails all the time. Last chance, you got it. You know, it's like, really? I, I, I'm, I'm so tired of that. And if I'm tired of it, I'm sure a lot of other people are too. They may be, you know, might be in their subconscious that they're tired of it. But it's a natural, and you know this from your marketing and your PR, it's like you want to entice people to act because our normal default is to sit on our hands and and not necessarily buy into something or do something and and some things may really be good for somebody to do but you have to kind of entice them a little bit so i understand the principles behind it in marketing even though my original career was accounting and we made fun of marketing people i i regret that now i really wish i would have taken more marketing classes at an earlier age but i didn't but now i'm catching up so you can teach an old dog new tricks apparently so i'm 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 picking up on some things and i'm understanding the 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 human science of marketing and it's been it's kind of intriguing in a way but long story short 
with with this burnout and the journey and and sometimes unfortunately like in your situation in my story too it took a health event to really knock me down on my bum and say all right you weren't taking the time off congratulations you are now because you have to you have no choice in the matter you know with you and you know your your cancer situation that means you have to address it. You you can't say, well, you know, I'm going to go next Thursday. I'm, I'm I'm busy this week. No, you have to deal with it right now. You know, my situation with you know my cardiac event. Okay, need to start working on these things and make some adjustments and what I eat, activity, everything else. And it wasn't a case of okay, yeah, you can do that in three months. No, it's it's now. It's now. Otherwise, otherwise, instead of being um, vertical. I'm going to be horizontal. And instead of people seeing me, they'll be viewing me. And I'm not ready for that. And I know that you aren't either based on, you know, the things that you're doing. So um, no, congratulations again for catching that and, and doing it. So, and my, of course, so I, I, I was slightly different um, in so much as I had a fantastic Ayurvedic doctor in London and while I was doing the crazy part of my life when I was literally working the 80 hour weeks and I'd start at five o'clock and go to the gym with a personal trainer and then finally collapse into bed at 11 o'clock at night you know having literally and I realized I hadn't seen my five-year-old son awake for a week that was my wake-up moment of something has to change here, you know, and I'm going to sleep with sleeping tablets, I'm getting up with the gym. Um, I did manage, because my Ayurvedic doctor said to me, I don't know which is going to come first, your physical or your mental breakdown, but I feel like a sticking plaster, and every time I see you, I'm just putting a sticking plaster on you. I did manage to sell the business, and I actually thought I'd dodged the bullet, you know, yeah, go me, you know, managed to pull it off, managed to sell the business, managed to get out, I thought, alive, literally, um, age 40, and then moved to the Bahamas, which was due to a number of factors, but it was there that the cancer turned up, uh, two years later, but I obviously had laid down, laid down the stress, laid down the damage, not taking care of myself, um, but, but when it turned up, I was not working. I was living in the Bahamas. I was running five miles every day. I was vegetarian. In fact, it scared everybody around me because they were like, oh my goodness, if this happens to you, what, what, what chance do we have? But I'd had 20 unrelenting years pretty much of, you know, too much adrenaline, life in the fast lane, not enough sleep, not enough self-care, although I tried, but they were sticking plasters. Um, lots of those issues, too much alcohol because I was in the media business in the 80s and the 90s and you know it took its toll so I then felt very angry because <laughs> it was a bit like oh I thought I'd avoided this um, and that came and even then I moved from Nassau, the capital, to an out island and we moved to a 10 acre organic farm and I literally lived on the land and the sea for two years. If we couldn't catch it or somebody else couldn't catch it or I couldn't grow it, I had the least in, in, to, um, you know, intervention on the medical side, although I did have my treatment in America, the Moffitt Cancer Clinic in Tampa, which was amazing. But I, they were like, let's do this. And I'm like, no, let's do that. 
And then I effectively healed myself. And I had this incredible time when I went to bed with the sun and got up with the sun. I was really spiritual. I only ate really healthy things. And I, funnily enough, I was never happier. Uh, but then everything imploded after that because I hadn't realized that, you know, there was a lot of other things around the corner, including my mother getting terminal cancer, my father having a stroke. I hadn't realized our life savings had pretty much gone. <laughs> uh, I wasn't aware of that. Um, and a bunch of other stuff. So for me, it was slightly different, but I know I did the damage when I was in that mad PR and marketing London world. Yeah, and it's one of those things where yeah, I'm, I'm sure at the moment when you you were you, know, you found out that you had cancer and you'd been living an ideal life and vegan and exercise and all that stuff, and you find out about that, and you're thinking to myself, I mean, all this time I, I would have had the same results if I just would have sat down with a burger and a pint. I'm like, what the heck, you know? Why, why, why is this happening? I know, but uh, yeah. as, as as with me, with you know my health scare, I looked at it as okay, what do I need to do to address this? And I can't undo necessarily what led up to this, but I know going forward, what can I do to make sure that I can heal from this situation? And then of course, you know, live a better lifestyle. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how our stories kind of parallel a little bit with, you know, life challenges that have happened even after health scares and all that. But, but I think once, and, and, and love to hear your perspective on this. I think once we go through something as significant as each of us have gone through, there's an element of resilience that kicks in and an understanding that, okay, yes, this is a challenging situation. I don't like it, but I know that somehow I'm going to get through this and you utilize, you know, whatever, you know, internal, you know, beliefs and patterns and, you know, the tools and systems that we've picked up along the way to Absolutely. help navigate it. And it's, it's like being our own coach in a way. Um, Totally. I 100% agree. And I, I like to refer to myself as a weeble. We used to have these toys in the 70s. I don't know if you had them in the States or Canada. They were like a little wobbly thing. And the, and the slogan was weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. And they were like these little spherical things. And they had like ballast in the bottom and they'd go wobble, wobble, wobble. And they'd self-right. And the way I look at it, the way I refer to myself is that I'm a weeble, I wobble, but I don't fall down. But all of those events, also all of the great things I learned right from the 90s, because I did the PR for Tony Robbins. I, you know, I, I, I went through Life Mastery, I did the PR for Brandon Bayes, who did The Journey, I did the band, uh, PR for Edward de Bono and Robert Holden. So I was around all these really amazing motivational and gurus and coaches when it was really very leading edge in the early 90s. But it was an amazing grounding because you don't forget that. You don't go through the whole of Mastery University and not some of it, you know, go in at that, that very, very deep level. And so now, plus all my therapeutic understanding and all the times I've bounced back to divorces, cancer, various other losses, etc. I just like to say that I've got more ballast, <laughs> you know, so, so the weeble self-writes a lot quicker. I still wobble, you know, I still have the bad day, the odd bad day. I'm human, like we've already said, but my faith in my ability to self-write 
is 100% now. And, you know, and the kind of words of this too shall pass will go through my head on the bad days. And, and I know that I have enough ballast to get, to get back and the wobble will end. The wobble happens. There's another great poem I love. Strong trees do not grow with ease. The stronger the wind, the stronger the trees. And it's like, okay, there's a bit of a hurricane going on, but I know I'm a strong tree. Let's push those roots down. So, yeah, yes, I agree. That's amazing. So let's jump up in real quick about uh, you know, a couple of your books. You know, I, I know I alluded to it before, you know, the, the one, you know, about reset. Exactly. And, you know, that let's talk about that. You know what? What's it about? And I'm sure a lot of it's your backstory and some things like that. But you know, what are some things that you want the audience to kind of you know learn from this book? And obviously, I'll have the show notes, a link to the book, and everything else. But you know, what what what's some of the premises of the book? So people kept saying I kept, I started to tell my story about five years ago, and I ended up because I'm you know articulate and I have a background in PR and marketing, being invited onto a lot of radio shows, etc oh, I'm now a therapist, I'm now a coach, this is why I've done that. And at the end of it, people would always say, oh, you should write a book. So eventually, after being told that more times than I care to think about, I thought, maybe I should. Um, So I sat down to write the book, but I didn't want it just to be an autobiography, because I'll be honest, I thought, well, who's ever heard of me? Who's going to buy the book? Um, So I thought, let's combine it with, this is what happened to me, This is how I got through. Some of it good, some of it bad. Like I say, I did some really great things. Ayurvedic medicine, NLP, worked with gurus, you know, all that mindset stuff and medicine, you know, alternative. I was vegetarian. Here's some really not so good things I did, you know, alcohol, (laughs) depression, um, hit hit the pass on divorce, you know. And here, wearing my therapeutic and coaching hat is a blueprint which is why it's called reset a blueprint for a better life a blueprint for if you're navigating this as to how you could maybe get through this with a little bit more grace and ease than maybe I I, I sometimes did so it's a semi-autobiographical and semi-self-help you know here's the here's the tough things that turn up and here's my blueprint or here's my toolkit for getting you through that plus my understanding of why you might be feeling that way which may be not even your fault it's how you're programmed it's what society's doing to you etc etc and and it won an award in its week of publication so i'm pretty proud of it actually <laughs> That's awesome, and it's it's such a, a timely book, especially now as people are looking for. And again, the, I, I look at and I had a conversation the other day with somebody about this as well. This pandemic creates an opportunity for people to reset if if they feel that they need to or they they they're not happy with how things are. This is an opportunity to hit that reset button and redesign your life the way that you want it to to look. And is it going to be easy? Probably not. Is it going to be worth it? If it's designed the way that you want your life to be? Absolutely. You know, take that opportunity and, you know, go, if you feel like relocating somewhere, do it. Um, Want to switch roles and go into a different career and you find somebody that will allow you to you know do that work, do it. 
it, why not? Why why miss out on life? Um, go, Being go, to my boyfriend. Go I'm moving to my boyfriend's so for my birthday present last month. He bought me six sheep. <laughs> There you go. Um, um, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm in a condo. I don't know if that would work well if if my better half, you know, gave that to me as a birthday gift. I'm like, hmm. Like, well, what are we going to do with these? Yeah, but yeah, you need a little bit of land for that, and um, that's. But that's that's good. Well, you know. Congratulations on, on now being a rancher. You know that's you can add that add that to the the CV. Here you go. I, I do this as well. <laughs> you, you you you've can you you've lived and continue to live a dynamic career, and you've taken the challenges and life experiences and flipped them on their side to you know make it positive for yourself and for others and it's amazing work that you're doing so how can people find out more about you in all of the stuff that you're doing so they can go to my website because there's also other books because i'm also part of the ignite series i've been in three of those and they're all amazon bestsellers and they're compilation books but they're really great bite size good for busy people. So www.rosalynpalmer, R-O-S-A-L-Y-N, palmer.com. And there's a page on my books. There's a page on my courses. I obviously do the transformational therapy, which is hypnotherapy-based, and then the coaching as well. And soon I'm going to have my own podcast. (laughs) So look out for it on all the podcast platforms. We're just in that uh, place. I've done six episodes that are in the can. So it's going to launch late October, early November. And it's called Monkey Business. So it's really about how leading business people calm or tame that monkey mind, that chimp mind, um, in good times and bad to, to get through and to be the success that they are. So, yeah, so look out for that or just Google me and I'm sure you'll find me on lots of places. Yeah, and I'll definitely have that in the show notes and congratulations again on the show. It's it's a blast. I love doing this and um, I'll I'll make sure that I make a note of it in, in the show notes and then once it's uh, live and out in the wild, then I, I'll update it so it has the actual link to the show as well. So, Rosalind, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you and, and this awesome work you're doing. Thank you. Bless you. Bless you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.